0: Welcome to Bank the Fire. I'm your host, Bob, and I started this podcast as an excuse to sit down with interesting people and share my conversations with you. I meet with entrepreneurs, CEOs, and friends to discuss what drives and motivates them, their definition of success, and what they do to keep themselves going. So today's episode's a little different than what we normally do. We have brought Xenia Varai back with us to give Desi her human design reading in real time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please revisit episode one of season two. On her website, Myths of Creation, Xenia describes human design as the study of our unique energetic signature. And we just couldn't stop talking. So we are extending this interview into two episodes. Tune in next week and hear mine. Everything you thought you didn't want to know about me. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. It's Zinnia Varey. Vare? Vare? I did this last time. Varey. Varey.
1: I waffle back and forth. That's why. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Your own last name, I'm you I'm just waffle. a
0: hologram. No, my mom says it one way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Reference to <laughs> episode one, people, and David Bohm.
1: My mom says it one way, and it's my dad's given name, but he says it another way, because my mom says it in a way that makes it easier for people
0: to pronounce, uh-huh. so she just went with it. How's your dad's? it? Varey. Varai, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Varai. So
2: there is no wrong answer. There is no wrong, <laughs> no answer. wrong answer.
0: Today we Typical. are... S- <laughs> difficult. We're, there's just a difficult answer, but there's no wrong
2: answer.
0: Today we're staying with Senior Varai for part two, Esoteric Arts.
2: And who else, Bob? <laughs> oh my God, Desi! Desi has a microphone today. So it's she my will- phone.
0: <laughs> so she will be... Participating in our conversation about moon signs.
1: We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things we touched on last time in a more personal way. We're going to talk about human design. We're going to talk about progressed
0: moon signs. And maybe we'll even talk a little bit about the eclipse. Because the thing with the esoteric art that sounds so intangible mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we're trying to do application for you as an example. Uh, we're trying to do application for you to give you an idea of like how it can be helpful. Yeah. yeah, speaking to the audience.
1: Totally, yeah. What our hope is is that by looking at Desi and Bob's charts, we can ground the information and lived experience and get a little bit of feedback of how information that feels very esoteric lands in real mm-hmm. life by like a series of me noticing things and asking you all some questions.
2: Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like nervous. i like, what's going to happen? What are you going to know about me?
1: Well, here we go. So I think it might be fun to start with Desi. Yes. Because I know you haven't had me talk about your human design chart before. So this is all going to be new to you. I'm so excited. Right? Okay. So the first thing we always look at when you look up anyone's chart. By the way, for anyone listening, if you want to look up anything, you go to myhumandesign.com. That's an easy way to find this information. So... The first thing to note is that your energy type is a manifesting generator. Okay.
0: And Didn't you say that was... That's Xenia's uh, type. That's my type as well. <laughs> and, and manifestors are the one... We spoke last time. Manifestors are the ones who, like, are the, are the go-getters. Mm-hmm. Does that change when you're the manifesting generator?
1: Yes, because you're a combination. Okay. So, basically, the manifesting generator is the only type that's a combination of two types. Which huh. makes them have this the energy of both types, and so the manifestor is the go getter, right? What I mean by go getting it means that they're designed to initiate things, to get things going. It's mm-hmm. the only type that doesn't wait for something in the outside world, yeah, in order to know when it's time to take action. Okay, but because you're a combination of also a generator, right? You actually have the same exact strategy as a generator, which is to wait to respond. Huh. Mm. And Bob is also a generator for context. Okay. And so the difference between a manifesting generator and a generator is that because of the manifesting energy in a manifesting generator, they tend to be multi passionate and multi hyphenate and non linear. Yep. And they wake up with a ton of energy. And a lot of times they want to do things really fast or skip steps and have to go back and make yeah. this sort of corrections if the things they skipped were something that were important. But sometimes it turns out they didn't need to do that thing, right? But they learn it through kind of a messy process. Yep. Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Does that make
2: sense? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Do you consider yourself like a multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate?
0: Absolutely. Wait for Desi's episode.
2: Yeah, 100%. I feel like I'm always, there's always like new things that I want to get my hands in. One thing that I
1: think is a big deal, is the manifester energies in us, which makes us want to initiate things. It makes us want to get things going. And yet we're not designed to. So it creates a lot of impatience in us when we're not allowing a sign or synchronicity to happen in the world that then gives us the impetus like, oh, I should reach out to that person, right? Oh, uh, that was something I was thinking about for the last three weeks. Yeah. What interesting opportunity this is Coming up in this book I'm reading, I feel like this is a sign I should actually go on this. Yeah. So it's not like we're waiting for someone to tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. We're reading the… Waiting for, like, something to spark it. Yes. Yeah. Like, life to bring you a clue or a message. Like, you know how seeds know what they're meant to do, but they need Mm -hmm. different environmental stressors to know when? It's a lot like that, right? Like, we need uh, the universe to give us something to to spark something within yeah. us. And so it creates this impatience because you have that manifestor energy. And so what that means is yeah. you almost become like a manifestor once something has sparked. So once okay. you get that sign or synchronicity, you initiate something.
2: Okay. It's so weird. I, I have a million things that I always want to do and I'll be like, why don't I, why can't I just do it? Like, why can't I just mm. sit down and do it? And it Never happens how I want it to happen. Ever, ever, ever. Like I can't just sit down and like I mean also partially ADHD, but like all of a sudden something will happen and I can just immediately get it's that's so weird. Because like that she just uh she just read you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing that could be put into words, but it's so true because I'll have so many things that I'm like, I really wanna I'm sitting on these things, I'm like mulling mm. them over, but it's like not right yet. Yeah. It's, like, this feeling that I'm, like, I just can't do it yet. Like, I can't make myself do it. Yeah. Until. Yeah, like, you
1: feel the time is right. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that um, I keep looking at this because before we started recording, you were talking about how you've been saving since you were uh like 14 years old. Yeah. So in your chart there's something uncommon. This is not all manifesting generators. This is particular to you, mm-hmm. which is a very very strong will. And this is going to seem like it contradicts what you just said where you can't make things happen, but what it feels like is when it is time to will yourself through something that you can will yourself. Yes. Right in a way that might be a little more unique to you because mm-hmm. in human design, only one eighth of the population has the signature. So most of the time you're in a room with people yeah. who don't understand mm-hmm. how you're using your willpower. And part of this is that you're a motivational energy in any space, even when you're not mm-hmm. like cheerleading or coaching or even talking. So you might find that when you're in a space, people will get things done or commit to things or get amped up and excited about things. And then when you leave a space the energy to do
0: that yeah. isn't there. So all this talk about Libby, your your partner, like, stop working so much. Maybe it's you. <laughs>
2: Just saying. Am I the problem? I love you, Libby. <laughs> we were We talking about this, like, two weeks ago where, like— You guys I'll are always
0: talking about how, like, you guys need to not work so much.
2: Yeah, it's a problem. But, like, <laughs> Libby will be—we work from home, both of us. So Libby will be running around and watching them get so much stuff done in a given amount of time where i'm like oh my god i can't even finish like one task like mm-hmm. what's going on i wish that i could do that <laughs> and you're making it happen i wish so that i could do that and then i leave the space and i come home like 2 hours later and then be like i've been playing video games for 2 hours <laughs> <laughs> am i the problem i think like another
1: thing is that there's a very cyclical energy in your chart and there's also this energy of ambition and so mm-hmm. The cyclical energy is like sort of someone who lives many lives in, their cycle, in a cycle. So mm-hmm. it's like you have a life, like seven years where you're doing this particular project. Then you just have a feeling it's done. And you kind of walk away from it and you start a new
2: life cycle. That is so crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. I literally talk all the, I'm a musician. I always talk about how I don't want to be a musician forever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like not at all. I was talking to my mom about it the other day. I was like, yeah, like, I really want to, when I'm, like, in my late 30s, I want to go back to school, and I want to get my master's and work in human rights advocacy. Mm-hmm. She was like, what do you mean? Like, you, you've gone to school. You went to school for music. Like, why would you not do music your whole life? And I was like, because I don't want to. Yeah. I want to live multiple lives lives in my lifetime. Yeah. Cue <laughs> Xenia. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's part of an energy in human yeah. design that's— um So all of the energies divide into these themes or Mm -hmm. families. And this one is part of the abstract theme. Okay. And the abstract theme asks, what's possible for humanity? Like, what is possible in a human life? And it wants to understand from that, like, broad, abstract place what's possible. And that's what makes them want to gather as much experience as possible. They're kind of, like, uploading it into the human experience collective consciousness cloud. You know, it's like your friend who is has so much to share with you Mm -hmm. because they've done so much and are willing to try so much. Yeah. On the other hand, when you were talking about like working so much, there is a strong ambition energy, which is the pressure to be recognized for your work and your talent. (laughs) And also it comes with (laughs) an instinct to preserve and conserve your resources and energy, whether Mm -hmm. that's money or actual things that mm-hmm. you feel like you should hold on to or relationships. It's someone who thinks about the long-term value yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. Right? So it kind of goes with what you were saying before we started recording about being willing to invest in something if it feels like it has a long-term yeah. value.
2: Looking at the long-term can sometimes hinder the short-term. Right. Because I'll be thinking so long-term right. that it's hard. I don't have, like, I'm not very short-sighted in things. And that can, like, hinder my projects a lot.
1: Well, I totally get that because then the other aspect of your of your energy is called it's part of something called the integration circuit in human design and what that means is there's a strong energy of individuation. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is there's a sort of unpredictable immutable desire in you to become individuated from the collective, be different, do what you're meant to do, right? Like, and not know. Bob's just staring at me from across the room. And part of this energy, which in human design, there's a part of the chart that's the throat and the throat shows how we express ourselves, Mm -hmm. how we use our voice, but also how we create anything, not just through our actual voice. So if you were a visual artist, I would also count the throat. Mm -hmm. And yours is connected to an energy that's very existential and what I mean by that is you sort of like learn and become aware of things as you're saying them as you're creating them while you're in it right so there's a spontaneity to
2: what you create yeah where if you try to sort of over-engineer it yeah lose the flow when I write songs I always say that I, I write songs because I don't know how to like put the things into words until I do that. Like that's my process of understanding what's like going on in my brain. Like I'll sit down, I'll write a song and then afterwards I'll be like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize that that's what I was feeling. I didn't even realize that that was like my perception of a situation or like, that's what I thought until I like sit down and write the song.
1: Well, it's really interesting because in your, you're saying like, okay, I didn't know that's what was going on in my head. But in your chart, your mind is not what connects to your voice. Actually, your thinking mind is very, like, flexible yeah. and malleable and adaptable and yeah. not, not super rigid. What connects to your voice is your intuition. It's like a spidey sense. It's yes. more of like a vibrational inner knowing. It's animal instinct because there's different kinds of intuition in human design. When I see this go straight to the throat, people are almost a little psychic, mm-hmm. a little, like, And what helps them be psychic is being in their body. Yeah. So you you keep bringing up this thing of not eating, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think your body is trying to tell you something. Yeah. Because when you're not comfortable in your body, then you're not in your
2: body, and you're you're and I'm disconnected from my intuition. Yes. In the past, like year, I started working really hard on like honing my intuition, especially like in, in through therapy and through this book I read called "Women Who Run with Wolves." And I've always had like a lot of um, like spiritual experiences with actual spirits. And I was talking to my therapist about it. And she was like, I think you have some like abilities. Like I think you're in tune to things that you aren't quite connected to yet. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I want to give you some practices to start like honing your intuition. Like even just walking down the street when you're walking your dog, listen to your gut. When you're, I was, I was telling her that I couldn't decipher between anxiety and intuition. Mm, so she was giving me practices to kind of like be able to... To hone that. And once I started doing that, even just like these little daily practices, I started like getting really strange intuitive senses. I don't even know how to describe it. It's so weird. Like now I'm starting to have dreams where I'm like predicting little small things that will happen. Like, I woke up the other day and I was like, did Lynette, this girl who lives in her building, I was like, did Lynette borrow our laundry card? Like Lynette has her card, right? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? And we've lived in this building for over a year. They've never asked for it, whatever. The next day, Lynette calls and she's like, oh, this is so weird. I'm so sorry. This is so annoying. I need your laundry card. And like Libby looked at me and both of our jaws just dropped. And Libby was like, I'm scared of you. Because <laughs> Libby's now seeing it happen all yeah. the time. And I'm, I like call myself a bruja because I'm trying to like lean into these like. Bruja? It means witch in uh, Spanish. Got it. Yeah. So I'm like trying to lean into these. I'm
0: confused by the term brujaha. Bruja. Bruja. Have you ever heard of a brouhaha? Maybe that's like a
2: gathering of witches.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Is a this a brouhaha? <laughs> this is a brouhaha.
2: Um, sorry, I just went on such a tangent, but that is like, I've been really working on like honing my instinct yeah. and my intuition. And like, the more I lean into it, it's kind of terrifying because it's really, mm. really intense. Yeah. And I feel like I'm I've been tapping into something a little bit deeper outside of myself yeah and it's really hard to like decipher what's me and what's
0: well the world i think the input is great because one Uh uh-huh to show what human design like how it is a um a template yes for the being that we already are Mm -hmm. right and two you know to go back to the first episode in terms of um the work that Xenia had to do to cut to the place where she can um, honor herself and just figure out what brought her joy. Yeah. It's like tuning into one's intuition can be really scary because, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, the psychological implications of like being a kid and your parents home and your parents like being whoever they are and whatever, and how that informs us as children and like the stuff that we pick up or the societal pressures of like what it means to be successful and, you know, is there time for intuition? Like, the fact that you have to practice your intuition versus, yeah. like... That it's a skill that you can actually
2: yeah. work on. Is right. Crazy.
0: Versus other people who are, like, overwhelmed by messages all the time mm-hmm. because of this disconnect of, of being so sensitive and not yeah. being able to tune into it. And so then there's this clash of messaging.
2: Right. Mm, yeah. It's scary. It's and, scary, but it's also empowering. Go, yes. It's super yeah, empowering. Yes. And, you know... It was really scary because earlier this year, I woke up one morning, like, in March, and Mm -hmm. I had this horrible, horrible pit in my stomach. Mm. And I was talking to Libby, and Libby was like, oh, is it, like, anxiety? I was like, no. I was like, I just know. I was like, it's like this knowing. Like, Mm -hmm. deep in my gut, I was like, something is coming. It's not in my personal life. Like, I don't know what it is, but something bad is coming. March of what year? This year. Okay. And I could not shake it. I Mm -hmm. couldn't shake it. And it was, like, really getting to my head. I was like, what is this? I just kind of was like waiting mm-hmm. for something bad to happen. And then I woke up the morning of that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Oh my God. And the feeling was gone.
0: Wow. <laughs> and then, like, two
2: hours later, my friend was spending the night and she was like, oh my God. She was like, it just happened. And I just knew, like, it was this knowing. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. It wasn't in your head, it was no. in the pit
0: of your stomach.
2: And it was really affirming, which is also scary because I was like, I've been feeling this for months. It's kind of been building. It's been giving mm-hmm. me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I woke up, the feeling was gone, and this massive thing happened. Yeah. So hmm. I was like, okay. So I know that I've I've got something that I'm working with. I just need to keep keep honing it. Yeah. Which is hard because it's it's hard to find the tools to do well, that.
0: Well, that's where Xenia comes in. Yeah. But also
1: your therapist, like, kudos to your therapist because yeah. I think that. There's this. Have you ever heard of this, Dr. Becky something? She specializes in toddler psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, She was recently on Glennon Doyle's podcast. Glennon Doyle. And she said this thing that really like exploded my brain, Mm -hmm. which was like, when you give kids boundaries, that tells them they're safe. But when you validate their feelings, that tells them they're real. And I think in so many ways, what you're speaking to is like... Dr. Th- Becky Kennedy. Yes. Yes. Dr. Dr.
0: Becky. Kennedy. Um, yeah.
1: I just really relate to that even as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. idea of being, needing to be validated but also needing a boundary. I think in a lot of ways, oh, yeah. your intuition needs that as well. And... Yeah. I had this psychic teacher, Kathy Toll, who works uh, with different NGOs in the UN, which is amazing. There's a spiritual council that really? is connected to the UN of uh, really? these different that
2: spiritual leaders. That's of course. so
0: interesting. Other cultures,
2: spiritual leaders yeah. are respected. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not so. in this one. <laughs> well, no, they are <laughs> so to much. a degree. Then the risk is that they're called
2: fanatical or extremist or Right, yeah. right. And I think, you know, in this culture, it's a lot harder to find. I mean, I'm Cuban and Spanish, and I think— in Latina culture, it's it's like a known thing. It's like inherent. it's inherent. But yeah. I grew Filipino. up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Filipino culture too. I grew up in Michigan, yeah. so there's this disconnect yes, from yes, that. Yes. So I've been like kind of find, trying to find a little bit more of a community that. And you're second generation,
0: so it's interesting yeah. that you're experiencing that even as second generation versus Zenia, yeah. my first generation. Mm. Like I, I didn't grow up the spiritual mm-hmm. practice or spiritual family.
2: Yeah, my family's not spiritual at all,
0: mm-hmm.
2: at all. So I'm like, I feel like I'm finding this thing. On my own. And it's actually interesting because my sister, who works in HR, she's like, you know. Straight and narrow. Straight and narrow, (laughs) yeah. But she also, like, it's just a fact that her and I both have experiences with, like, ghosts all the time. Especially Mm. when we're together. We lived together for a summer and we had, like, ghosts coming through our apartment constantly. So much that people who stayed with us would also be experiencing it. I can't believe we have never talked about this. Yeah. And I realized, I didn't realize it at the time, that I was like, oh, we're, like
0: magnets condiments. magnets, and
2: then when we're together it's like amplified but it's so funny because she's like she just knows that's a thing like mm. she's not like uh-huh. a bruja she's not like like a woo-woo person at all
0: she just knows that they're there that
2: she's they're just there. like yeah she's like yeah I, everywhere i go she's like if i move into a new apartment i just know that it's it's super casual for her she's like yeah <laughs> it happened again and i'm like yeah me too
1: <laughs> it's so crazy but also like I'm curious what you think the purpose of that is, because even though I think we all have different abilities, I think there's reasons why as children, certain people see certain things. Yeah. You know, and what I was going to say before about Kathy is that she said when she was first coming online with her psychic and Mm -hmm. spiritual gifts, she's a bit older than me, was that she would give rules and boundaries to Mm. the different spirits. Like, I don't want to see you in 3D, but if you want to let me know you know, what's going on through a sense, yeah. an intuitive sense, I will communicate with you this way. Huh. And I know other people who have similar experiences to you who can yeah. see spirits, who have learned they're here to kind of tell a certain spirit that they don't, that maybe they don't know they've died and that, yeah. and they learn techniques to help them, you know, move yeah. on. So I think it's really up to people. I think we have a lot of free will around how we want to engage with our gifts. Right. Right. I think it makes total sense to be nervous about what you're letting in.
2: Yeah. Right? And Especially wanting- when it comes to, like, the spiritual side of things. Like, there can be some scary things and it can be very intense. But it's also a gift. Like, it's yeah. something yeah. that's I'm trying to see as exciting. And, like—
0: Also learning how to hone the gift. Yes. So then, therefore, mm-hmm. not control it per se, but how to communicate it with it. Like— your, your teacher told like mm-hmm. setting the boundaries yeah. and making it okay for you so you can feel safe in that space.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting is, so this brings me to another part in mm-hmm. your chart,
2: yay, uh, which is called <laughs> your
1: profile. Okay. And the profile is this aspect of the chart that gives us these kinds of archetypes mm-hmm. about how you learn and In terms of the profile, something I really like is it can give us a little bit of a clue around how we learn. Okay. And so you're what's called a one-three, and the one part is the conscious archetype. People who have a one in their profile need lots of information and lots of studying and want to know everything about everything because it gives them a sense of safety.
0: Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then the next part I think is really important. The unconscious archetype is totally different. It's a three. And the three archetype needs to do things for themselves through a sense of trial and error. They need to do things that don't work to learn what does work. Mm -hmm. And in the process of kind of going off book and just experimenting, they discover things that no one else would discover through kind of making mistakes. You know how like the first time they fermented alcohol was because of a mistake or yeah. there's various things that happened. Like penicillin was discovered because of a lab accident, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of energy of like, I was just playing around with this thing. This didn't work. And I discovered didn't work, that this. Work, and I discovered this yeah. thing on the side. Yeah. So when you have that energy, the one and the three, one is a learner and three is a learner. One's learning through gathering information. Mm-hmm. Three is learning through trial and error. Trial and, and error. Like, right. Yeah. So imagine that as those two energies in someone. What, mm-hmm. what are they a natural at, right? Well, they're a natural expert on something because they can't stop learning. And what does someone who gathers knowledge through experience and study become? Yeah. Right? A teacher. It doesn't mean you have to be a teacher teacher. Yeah. But you are you become an expert. You have all this stuff to share because of what you're going through. And I've noticed that people who have this profile Really like to stand on their own two feet because they're in this constant discovery process. So they want to have the resources to decide when they're gonna jump into a big experimental process. Yeah. And they don't want anyone around them to be able to kind of have any control over their money or their circumstances mm-hmm. so they can decide when they need to recover. Cause actually the one is quite introverted and yeah. introspective. And the three has to go out in the world and try things. Yeah. So there's a, a very introvert, extrovert energy in this chart. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I'll say is like the parts that of you that go up to your throat, yes, your intuition, but also your gut. And also there's a part of the chart that's some it's called the G Center, but I call it the higher self. Mm-hmm. And people you have like this higher knowing that goes right to your throat. And what that means is you're sort of speaking from your soul. And that when people speak from their soul, they have a really hard time when other people don't understand them or seem to be rejecting something they're saying because it's so personal to them. Yeah. It's not their mind Yeah, they're sharing. You know, it's like yes. who they are. Yeah. And so I feel like there is a bit of a, mm, I want to use the word channeled with your songwriting
2: where you're kind of just like letting something through. Yeah. Right? When I say like I don't really know what I'm thinking until I write a song, it's like, I don't, I don't even know that I needed to write that song until it's. it just happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it always says something so much like bigger. A lot of the music that I'm making right now, it's at first listen, it's very like, it's heavy pop. It's like sarcastic lyrics, like dark, hyper pop, kind of chaotic, but through it, I'm trying to love myself, teach people to love themselves, it's all about like queerness and like the amount of times I've had people approach me and be like, your music helped me come to terms with my sexuality. I had a girl come up to me crying and she was like, wow. I was in the deepest depression of my life until I found your music. And it helped me get out of it and accept my queerness. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Like, that's amazing. And I feel like I don't even realize that like, yes, those truths are in me, but I don't realize that that's what I'm like conveying. Conveying. Putting in, putting yeah. That sharing. Or trying yeah. to share until right. it, is a full, completed piece of work. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. it makes total sense because the funny thing
1: is the energy in your higher self that goes to your throat is the specific to self-love.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Human design vote. <laughs> <laughs> <It's
1: so> crazy. <laughs> and I just want to point out, the last, last thing I'll say because I can't not say it, is there is also this energy of like, childlike innocence that connects to this other energy of being risk-taking and somewhat competitive actually and I wonder what your narratives are around being a competitive person because it is really really talked out of us
2: as children anyone you know that's bad to be competitive in any way I'm very competitive and (laughs) I also I love that about myself because I think I've found a healthy kind of competition, like I find I get the most competitive drive out of like being inspired by other people. Mm. Like when I went to high school, I went to this like arts boarding school and I think I kind of developed a healthy sense of competition where it was like everybody was so talented that it like drove you. And I was like, oh, like you wrote that song? Like, holy shit, that's so (laughs) sick. Like I'm going to write one like that, like that kind of thing. But it can be... (laughs) It's intense. I'm definitely very, very competitive. And like, I'm also an Aries. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's fire and just a lot of like. Forget that you're an Aries. Yeah. Aries, Scorpio, Moon, baby. Um, But yeah, no, that is not something that I will ever be able to get out of myself. I'm a super competitive person. Ask anybody who knows me. Yeah.
1: But I'm really happy to hear that because sometimes they bring this up with people and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about because mm. at some point they weren't yeah. allowed to express that yeah. or even know it about themselves. It yeah. w- became so painful that they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. It is
2: painful because it's seen, as a, it's seen as a bad thing. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're competitive. Also being like a woman and Latina, they're like, you're aggressive. Yeah. Stop. You're yeah. a bitch. And I'm like. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just driven. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. The driven thing is a signature in your chart. It comes through the ambition, but also what's interesting about this sense of competition is, you know, I don't know if you know about tarot, but it's kind of like the fool card in tarot. It's Mm -hmm. like, if I leap, I know I'm going to get caught and I need to take this risk. I need to do it. And it's Mm -hmm. connected to like a sense of childlike wonder. Mm -hmm. So when you said healthy competition, it's exactly that. Like when you see like like a little kid who's like, I'm going to beat you.
2: Yeah. Right. You're never like, no bad feelings come up. It's never like, I want you to fail. It's never, yeah. like, wanting somebody else to right. do it badly, but it's like, oh, <laughs> like what can I do? Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: right. Like, I want to do that, and I want to do
1: better. <laughs>
2: <Right>. But that's, <laughs>
1: like, what you're expressing is giving voice to the first thing we talked about, which was is, like, the defined will mm-hmm. center. Yeah. The will center says, oh, this is competitive. I... Instead of wilting, which seven eighths of the population kind of wilts when they compare mm-hmm. the one eighth who has this defined will center, it kind of fuels. excites them and exhilarates them. Yeah, and fuels. Yeah, fuels them is the perfect word. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that we'll leave that there unless you have any
2: questions <laughs> about your human design for me. I mean, that is. I'm, I'm shook.
0: shook. Folks who are listening, this is the second time Zini and Desi have ever been in a room together. <laughs> Right. And you
2: like, just read me in a way that people that I've known for years have no clue. Have about. never. And like also in a way that there are things about myself that I don't think I've ever been able to put into words. And you just put them into words after meeting you twice. Like that is <laughs> yeah. absolutely
0: just based on your wild. birthday and where you were
2: born. Yeah. This
0: lovely little site, myhumandesign.com, which we are not yeah. affiliated with at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. But also like the fact that you. I've done so much work to be able to, like, do know this. all of this and read all of this. And, like, like it's so impressive. It's Thank fascinating. You.
0: And this just this all started just because you were excited to learn about it.
1: Yes. I was excited about it. It sort of came at the right time mm-hmm. because I'm also a manifesting generator. So mm-hmm. things come to me and then I respond. Yeah. Um And the world kind of timed itself out in such a way where I was able to do this as part of my
2: job. Yeah, how do you feel the manifesting generator, like, comes across in you? Like, how you experience that? Well, you remember when I tried to do my bio or my intro when I
1: came for my first episode? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's really difficult for me to explain what I do because I don't feel Mm. right calling myself something that's, like, too linear. Yeah. It's very—it just feels— untrue for me so in my own business I read human design but if you were to look at any anything on my website or my Instagram where I'm super active you would it would not read like a typical human design account at all because as a manifesting generator I also I'm like a writer and a mm-hmm. storyteller and I love experimenting with things yeah. and so in my work if there's too much of a linear identification that feels really confining and bad for me and I also feel like I have to pivot because I don't have a choice sometimes it's the environment Mm -hmm. but mostly it's just that I am built to reach out and
2: grab new things and fold them in yeah so it's it's really interesting because when you first said the manifesting generator like do you do you like practice manifestation like actually because I've I've tried to practice manifestation in the past. I did it for like a couple months last year. I was doing it, I was manifesting every day. I would meditate and I would, you know, try to give the energy of like, I do not chase, I attract that kind of thing and like visualize the things, the places that I wanted to be, you know, the things I wanted to achieve in my career. And within four months, I had like surpassed everything that I had been visualizing. Like most of it was career driven. Mm. I remember sitting down, manifesting. I was like, I want to reach 10,000 streams on my EP. I want to get some sort of deal. I want to like this, 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 that. I didn't realize that I was manifesting somebody like Libby, but I was manifesting somebody like Libby in like my visualizations. And then literally within a couple months, like I went super viral. I have millions of streams. I've got so many people reaching out. I've got like... I went through the list recently. I found my old manifestation journal and I went through the list and I checked every single thing off that I had been manifesting. And I was like, that's really empowering." Yeah. It was very empowering because I also stopped doing it. Like once my life got really insane because of Mm. all of these things, I didn't keep up with the practice of meditation. I didn't keep up with the practice of visualization and all of these things that I'd been doing that worked so well for me. But it was really crazy to like go back and see how you make that how shit powerful happen you are. Yeah. yeah like it it really was mind-blowing but i don't know if that's like a thing
1: i would say i don't know i kind of look at manifesting as a separate thing as manifestors okay. even though i do think it does make sense um manifester energy does want to go out and push itself out into the world and like take what's inside and basically create some sort yeah. of manifestation or form of it outside. And so I would say there is some connection there, but I'm really, really going through a personal examination around manifestation mm-hmm. only because I think that in your case, what you said was that was so important to me that I think we should double back on mm-hmm. as there's repeating is this idea that you're not chasing anything. Yeah. And I think that for me, when we manifest from a place because we feel like when we have that thing, we're going to be more valuable than when we don't have that thing. I think we get in a really sticky, yeah. energetic situation. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of the rhetoric and man- manifestation world, like in your case, yours was about your art and getting your voice out into the world. Yeah. right? Yeah. So many times it's about bringing ourselves like material things right. that are sort of stand-ins for the thing we actually want.
2: Like, yeah yeah instead of like finding the root of it you're hovering on the material thing yeah
1: but I also tend to believe that when things flow for us mm-hmm. that they're like they're coming from a place that's for your highest good and the highest good of everyone around you yeah and so when you get these streams yeah and see how powerful you are there's this like balance in the universe yeah. around who's getting to hear that and what yeah. they're getting you know and then what you're getting and it's right. coming from this really clean
2: place and that's what i want yeah i i don't think i've ever really used it you know or tried to manifest thinking back anything like material it's really always been just like my art that's my main i just want Hold the on, message but, to be heard ah okay
0: cuz you were talking about 10 million or sorry how many how many streams, streams that yeah. you're looking for yeah but because you wanted the message. Yeah, not
2: for, I mean, you don't make make money from streams. Right. So it's not really, not really about an income. Yeah. Then throughout that, I ended up getting so many streams that it did become my main source of income. But that wasn't the root. That Mm -hmm. wasn't even, I didn't in a million years think that I would make money off of music to be completely transparent. Like it's
0: really, really hard. It's not even that. It, it, It It doesn't pay. Yeah. Well, hold on. Before that, that's you know before that way of thinking, mm-hmm. you got into music because you love it. You yes, so like, I didn't get into it that. to make a profit. I got into right. it because you had a message. Yeah, you have a message, and yeah. apparently, the the message through coming through your throat of intuition is self love. Yeah, and
2: that's what you're sharing. I was doing an interview the other day, and they were like, "Why do you like? Why do you make the songs you make?" And I was like, "I just I have this like visual. I just want." People walking down the street, if they're, like, on their way to a date and they need to feel like a baddie, like, I want them to put my music on and, like, show up feeling like a 10 out of 10. I love you. Like, I want. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Say this through your interview. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'll say it again. But it's, like, I just, I want to make music that makes people feel so good. Like, I had a girl message me and she was, like, I released a song called Bad Bitch recently. And I wrote it after Me and my ex-boyfriend broke up, and I really was in a dark place. And I was like, I need to write something that makes me feel good. I was like, I want to write a song that is where I want to be in a couple months. I wasn't in that place when I wrote Mm. it. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to write a song that makes me feel that way. You're manifesting it. Yeah, (laughs) which is wild. (laughs) And I wrote the song, and I put it out, and I was kind of like talking about, you know, on a live stream what it was. And this girl messaged me, and she was like, I listened to Bad Bitch. She's like, I just got out out of a really toxic relationship. Um it was very abusive. I've been in a really dark place. And I listened to your song, and it's been on repeat. And she's like, I just got dressed the fuck up. I took myself out on a date, and I feel so good. Thank you so much. And I was like, oh, my God. That's it. That's it. That's it." Yeah.
0: Money is nice. To be able to make a living off of this is nice, but that's yeah. not why you do it. Yeah. so clearly not why you do it.
2: Yeah. You would do it
0: regardless of whatever else is happening.
2: And I did. Yeah. For over 10 years. I didn't make a cent off of it, you know? So... And yeah.
0: to go back to uh, what you had said during our first interview, you didn't say that somebody has said this to you. When you rely on your art for finances, mm. it can stifle it.
2: Yeah, mm. And that uh,
0: was it Liz Gilbert mentions that in uh, Creative Magic as well. But yeah, once you put obligations on this thing, it, it loses uh, it loses a lot of freedom to be.
1: Yeah, and it's so sticky for us because at the same time we don't want to give our art away or tell people it's free or it's yeah. you know, yeah. that not valuable because right. that it just kinda of reinforces this mm-hmm. oppression of art of art and creativity, which is like and the value of it. Yeah. And that's, you know, thousands of years old. Yeah. I think it goes back to all of our disconnection from like our ancestral yeah. cultures and the spirituality of the lands we're from. And yeah. it's very, very connected because that's a very creative kind of vibration you know that that kind of the spiritual anything spiritual that connects to land and animism and ancestry and witchcraft and manifestation tends to be all about creative empowerment yeah and a relationship with the universe and seeing everything as connected and equal yeah and not extracting from yourself or other people and so I don't think it's an accident that there has been a material sort of version of manifestation that's been very popular lately so i don't discourage people from wanting to manifest because i think that breaks us away from our power as well but we kind of have a way to
2: do it yes yeah and i think i'm on tiktok and i see that stuff all the time where it's just like people like i manifested like a hundred thousand dollars like that doesn't feel good to me like i've never been able to like i don't know why but i've it
0: it's that manifesting of the material, like yeah, it's, it's that that doesn't a, it doesn't hold weight.
2: It doesn't hold weight, and it's just like a capitalized version of something, this thing that actually holds a lot of power. Right, that's being like watered down and like westernized and like yeah, to being capitalized and being capitalized. Yeah, and I'm like
0: putting it through the capital uh, yeah. capitalism lens versus yeah, the, you know, you want a car. No, what you really want is freedom. Yeah, you want. Yeah. 10,000 streams no you want to get out you want to get your message out yeah
2: yeah exactly
1: yeah and I think you know what also I just realized what's really interesting in you both have the energy that goes from your intuition to your throat that's actually really? a, a common energy Wait, in both of you does he know? yep
0: interesting hey hey mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to make your th- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice throat <laughs>
0: And I would call it
1: basically people who have a vibrational sensitivity, a kind of knowing when they're really present about what might happen, like what's Mm -hmm. really going on underneath of things. A way of taking care of themselves when they allow themselves to almost be spontaneous Mm -hmm. in a situation. and. To spontaneously express, which makes total sense as to why you would vibe on the way you create together, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's interesting to me is that vibration is just another word for frequency and frequency is another word for really what is music, right? It's just like a series of vibrations. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's frequency. <like> <laughs> yeah. So I think it makes total sense yeah. in so many ways mm-hmm. that that's your chosen art. And that there's a way that you feel very clear about what you're putting out and why you're doing it, right?
2: Yeah. I don't really know how to even phrase this question. So does each different type have a different, like, physical something? Like, because ours is the throat. Is there someone who might have, like, eyes or, like, head or, like, is there different? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Okay, so there's the energy types.
0: We didn't go over the five different types. But we did last time, I oh, thought. Yeah. Do we not? I didn't hear No, we didn't. I didn't hear it. Whoa. I had just listened to it this one day, <laughs> so I can tell you, no, we did not. Okay. So
1: in human design, there's five energy types. The most common are generator and manifesting generator, and that's what we are all here. Generator energy is the builder life force creative energy of the universe. When they're doing the right activity that's aligned with them, they literally generate more energy for themselves and others. So when we're doing something aligned for us, we have more energy after we're doing that thing than if we were just doing nothing or laying down. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing with generators, though, is that they're not designed to go after or make things happen. Life kind of comes to them. Right. And then turns on that creative energy through signs and signals. Mm-hmm. Then there's the manifester, which is only about eight to nine percent of the population. Last time yeah. they did these stats, and that's like the one who lights the fire or flicks the domino, it's the mm-hmm. only type that's set to get things in motion without an outside signal. The manifesting generator is a combination of yeah. these two. And then you have what are called the non energy types, which I really don't like that phrase. It's like you don't have energy, but that's what it means is that their energy is much has a much lighter touch. And so this is projectors and reflectors and projectors are the newest type in human design. They are the guides and the teachers and sort of the design thinkers. So they can't generate energy the way manifesting generators and generators can. But because they're not so mired in their own energy they can see really clearly to the other and say this is how you could be doing this more efficiently this is how you could be creating what you want in alignment they tend to be really good at seeing systems Mm -hmm. uh so i know many people are gifted in like numbers there's so many projector human design readers because Mm -hmm. it's a system they create efficiencies and it's funny they're told and I think this is a really interesting thing, that they're not here to work. They're here to really guide creation. Hmm. And so they're not really meant to work more than three hours a day. And from the standpoint of like being a human being, I know that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But what it really means is they're, they're meant to use most of their time honing their perspective. So mm-hmm. if they're studying or reading or kind of musing about something, they would... They're doing that a majority of the time they're working on something, whereas the delivering of it, the work, the manual labor, the grunt work, so to speak, they're only meant to do that for a short period of the time. And then there's reflectors, which is only 1% of the population. And they are basically like here to mirror what's going around, what's going on around them. They have no consistency in their own energy They're supposed to be at the center of a group of people and reflect the health of that community or group of people. Do you have an example of somebody? Well, the only examples I feel like are really, really potentially hearsay. Like, people say Dostoevsky's a reflector. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. But I have a couple friends and clients who are reflectors. Mm -hmm. And basically... They're highly, highly sensitive, adaptable, and changeable because hmm. they're if you were to look at their chart, and this is much easier with a visual, their energy is just wide open. Everything okay. is the everything that they experience, they're just mirroring and reflecting. Right? They're not think about it like this. If you're looking at your chart right now, wherever you see in the chart that it's colored in, you're like a
0: are they amplifiers? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so they're like the cosmic temperature gauge like mm-hmm. when you're looking at a reflector whatever's going on with them is just showing you something that's going on in the community and their environment and they're designed to enjoy their inconsistency and like try things on you know they each of the types has the signature for when they're living in flow and when they're not so for generators and manifesting generators being in flow is being satisfied and fulfilled okay i worked i did all this stuff but it was so satisfying my head's gonna hit the pillow i'm gonna be like okay what a, great, what a great use of my energy. Uh, for the manifester, they're looking for peace. They want freedom and just to be able to do what they want to do without other people trying to control them or hinder them or, or needing to uh, micromanage them. And a projector is looking for really recognition. They just want to be seen for, they want their perspective to be valuable and the people around them to really honor and value their perspective. They also want to have a life that's sustainable. In human design, we, we say that their they're signature when they're in flow is success. But I don't like that because it's yeah. so like... It's nebulous. So, what does yeah, success mean? Yeah, it's so nebulous. But yeah. I think of it as more like longevity. Like what I'm doing now, could I see myself doing this for years and years mm. and not getting tired? That's success to me. And then reflectors are, are looking for surprise. They're like, oh, I didn't know I was this person when I'm yeah. in this place with these people. That's so exciting. You yeah. Know? So they're looking for that surprise. But all my reflector clients are really, really sensitive. Mm. Like food, smells, crowds, just yeah. they, they feel airy. So like when you were asking before, like about the throat and you know, if the different types are have different kind of physical parts that are common, there there are. But, for example, not all manifesting generators and manifestors have defined throats. By definition, Mm -hmm. they have to. But not all generators have defined throats.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. so it depends
1: on the specific chart.
2: I've heard about, like, in astrology, how, you know, each sign has a different body part associated with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes, like... Leos are um,
0: backs and necks. I believe Sagittarians are legs because of the horses. Maybe. I think
2: so. I think Aries is the head.
0: Yeah, I
1: think it goes from the top Top of the Zodiac, the Aries, down to the the genitals.
2: But where was my train of thought? Oh, I guess I was just asking because you brought a lot of attention to the throat. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of, like, throat issues. Mm. Oh, and she also said
0: your gut comes up into your throat. I also have a
2: lot of issues with my gut. Yeah. So it was really interesting when you said that. It was Mm. just interesting that you, like, brought attention to that specific Part of my body, uh,
0: but that also has to deal with um, something about taste. So, in terms of human design, the different categories are: can you can you read that list right there?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. So, in human design, the primary things you always want to look at are your energy type and your authority. Really, you want to start there, or you're going to get overwhelmed, in my opinion. But a- and then your profile. But then after that, there's all these other things called variables in the chart, and I'm really secondary about this because. I'm very careful about anything that involves like physical or medical Mm -hmm. information, but I have found this to be very interesting and useful. And so with Desi, digestion, uh, your digestion is called daytime eating. So in human design, there's like 12 different kinds of digestion profiles you can have. And so I'm the opposite of you. I'm indirect light, meaning mm-hmm. I do better at night. I like to eat at night. And also I don't like too
0: bright lights to be too bright, I'm mm-hmm. very sensitive to light. Which is why you always forget mm. to turn the light higher on your computer and think you can't <laughs> see. But something else that I really loved when you had told me I was an indirect light digestion uh, profile was that, um, and I found this to be true so much in my life, which made it hard for me to... Be corporate or be in school, which is that we digest, not just food digest things better at night, but we also information, information, I'm able to receive information better at night. So, like, I, before I had Grace, I mean, even now, like, to my detriment, I love to read at night. Mm. I find it so challenging to read during the day and stay focused.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah,
0: for on anything that's longer than, like, two minutes.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then Desi, you're opposite. Yeah. Daytime eating. I mean, literally, I've gone to doctors and they're like, you can't eat after this time. Like, it actually messes with your health. Like, don't yeah. eat after eight o'clock. That's
1: interesting because yeah. the other categories I'll say, just because you asked, the yeah. strongest sense, and they're the senses you think of, like your five senses touch, smell, taste. And then there's inner vision. That's mm-hmm. the only one that is kind of off. I think Grace is, is inner vision. Grace is inner vision. I'm inner vision. Mm-hmm. And I Seriously, like, I'm so happy when my eyes are closed. Like, I could teach a whole class with my eyes closed. (laughs) When I lead people through a meditation, I never want to open my eyes. Wow. Yeah. I feel so good with my eyes closed. I actually
2: noticed that when you first started talking about it, you kind of, like, Mm -hmm. it's like you're centering
0: yourself and, like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like
0: when someone is trying to process a thought and convey it and put it out there, some people look up. Xenia closes her eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To give, for an example, of inner vision. Yeah. Well, Desi, yours. Oh, and is, some people um, need to talk with their hands. So, majority of New Yorkers.
1: And Cubans. <laughs> I know, and Cubans. I New, New Yorkers world. and Cubans.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, your strongest sense is taste Desi, which means like very sensitive palate. This is like, oh,
2: I don't like this water. I have extremely heightened senses, like both uh, taste and smell are right. like, really, really heightened. They are related, so. Yeah. That's probably why I love cooking and eating, like, crazy foods all the time. Like, I love experiencing new food more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. Cooking like, okay. mm-hmm. new foods. You can also- definitely
0: can't taste without
2: n- your nose anyway, so. Yeah. Well, it's funny. My dad used to—my um, dad's big on cooking, and he used to, like, train my nose, and he'd be like, what am mm-hmm. I cooking with? Like, he would, like, give me something, either by, like, smell or by taste. He would, like, wow. give me a taste of something nice. and be like, what did I use in this dish? Wow. And I would, like, guess what was in it. Yeah. That's so you're, interesting. Yeah, yeah. dad has that pro- in his profile, profile,
0: too, and he wanted to share that with you.
2: Probably. Without even realizing. Yeah. And then you're, um,
1: you're, the last thing that's on the list is environment, and yours is markets. And so that's people who like to be in a place where there's a lot of, like, hustle and bustle and trade, essentially, activity. Mm-hmm. Like, ideas being traded,
0: you know? I work better out of, the house hmm I was thinking Libby was enough like
2: kinetic energy to like <laughs> oh, God, <no. laughs> I need like I work so much better at like a coffee shop or something mm-hmm. I work at home just because we have a studio and everything but like I can't yeah I have a desk and I mm-hmm. swear
0: I get more done on the train
2: I get so much done on the train mm-hmm. I get so much done at a coffee shop I get so much done in airports yeah wow. I will specifically I'm a psychopath because I will go to the airport early specifically so that i can get stuff done i get it but yeah and
0: i say i get it because i'm also open market and yeah yeah. market environment and it's just like i want to work at home because i like being at home
2: i like being in the comfort of my home but i i'm just not going to get as much stuff done yes it's just the truth that's so interesting yeah
1: because i'm caves
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh a friend of mine well, A friend of mine was coming to visit from Australia and I was telling her about the human design stuff and um, before we even got into it she was telling me about how Bob you got to come visit there's this incredible mountain that you can see from everywhere in the village and and whenever it's like she lived in New York for a while but and she you know as typical Australians they're everywhere visiting (laughs) they're visiting everywhere she's back home and i see the mountain like i know i'm home Mm. and guess what her human design variable says
1: Mm, mountain. wow yeah
0: straight up it was like unprompted this is what she said i love seeing this mountain by my home it's so beautiful it's so incredible it's like it sings to my spirit the way this is so
2: specific and so like everything holds so true in such a specific way it's just going back
0: to adam like not understanding why I haven't lived anywhere else. We'll be going over the Williamsburg Bridge and we're stuck in traffic, whatever, whatever. And mm-hmm. I look, I look at the city and like I I've lived here my entire life. And mm. I still feel like I, I'm gonna cry because I love the fact that I live here so mm-hmm. much. Wow. Because it's so busy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not realizing it's because it's so busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know.
1: As a caves person, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying. A
2: caves person. Yeah. People
1: with caves really want control over the entrance and yeah. exit of their space. Mm. And they don't want people to be able to just come in. So I yeah. managed a brick-and-mortar retail store and was managing a restaurant and bar for years. Wow. And worked in cafes for yeah.
2: years. How hard was
0: that on your site? I
1: hated it.
2: <laughs> people I, just... In and out, (laughs) in and out, in and out, out, whenever they please. Right. No
1: control. I hated it so much. When I moved into a situation where people had to book an appointment to talk to me, or I would know they were coming you have control over it. I just became like a different person. Mm. Yeah. You know, like friends of mine would drop in on me and they would see this like terror in my eyes wow. at my shop and they're like, "What? Okay, I guess I'll go." Bye. And I'm like, "I just feel so thrown when people are just coming and going whenever they want." It makes I, sense. How do you have a brick and mortar store
0: where you rely on people coming in and you can't handle people coming in? And you're like, "No, no don't it in. In. <laughs> I don't know. I should. I mean, I closed. it. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Well, that was fun. Next week, tune in for part two of our sit down with Xenia Varai of Myths of Creation to hear the ins and outs of my unique energetic signature as Xenia delves into my human design chart. I would like to thank my producer, Desi, for making Bank the Fire possible. I'd like everyone to know we are also on the She Leads podcast network. She Leads Media is creating a movement to get women's voices, thoughts, and opinions out into the world. If you'd like to check out other great podcasts led by women, please check out the She Leads Podcast Network. We'll put links in the show notes for that. And also, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, like, do all the things, share, and visit our Patreon page. We could really use your support in keeping this podcast going.